Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Here on 830-WCCO, and to my left, as you can see, is Master Gardener <laughs> Teresa Rooney. Hi out there in, hey. in Radio Land. <laughs> Hi, Teresa. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. You found a place to park. I did. Glad. I did, yes. Next week might be a different story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll worry about that next week. Mm-hmm. Good luck, people. Thank you for joining us uh, on our, what we call, Smart Garden Show. If you uh, have a lawn and garden question, you want to talk to Teresa. She knows her stuff, and she helps us out a lot here on CCO. So, yes, 52 weeks a year, no matter the weather, we talk lawns and gardens. Of course. If you're a gardener, you you're, want to talk. If you're a gardener, you're always thinking of your yeah. garden. So, so what just, are you doing preparing for spring now? I'm, well, right now I'm thinking about what I want, might want to winter sow. I should probably have that done already, but I'm thinking about which coffee shop I'm going to hit up for some milk jugs and, and, <laughs> and things like that. It's, um, it's where you plant out milk jugs and you put them outside this time of year. Really? And then the stuff just comes up and you're ready to plant. So it's called winter sowing, and I just love doing it. You can do it with lots of your vegetables, your annuals, your perennials. It's fantastic. Oh, neat. I've never done that. Yeah, yeah. So this way the cats don't get the seeds and they don't get damping off inside the, you know, the cats don't eat all the little oh, sure. green stuff. And I don't get damping off and I don't have to remember to water. And That's a good deal. Yeah, yeah, so it's a really good deal. Mother Nature takes care of all of it. And I, you, I think you said, and Julie did too, uh, that uh, getting catalogs in the mail now? Oh, catalogs in the mail, yeah. yes, yes. I, I almost dread getting them because then I start looking at them and Dreaming. marking what I want. It's like, you have a small yard. You can't order a big all wish of list things. for a small yeah, yard. Yeah, if yeah. I planted up the whole block, I would probably be okay. Is but. that kind of typical for gardeners, master gardeners or yeah, not? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah, yeah it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had, uh, when Julie was here last week, we had a couple of questions about, and you've addressed it, mm-hmm. uh, like yourself, I'm a master gardener. Mm-hmm. And the, the, how do we become, how does somebody become a master gardener? You know, that's a really good question because our interns are going through training right now. And mm. I will be Is after that once this, a year for that? Yep, yep. So we have it. Um, it's out at the Arboretum. And I will be going out to the Arboretum after this and uh, meeting with our interns uh, for Hennepin County. But yep, they um, you apply to your county. And most applications start during the summertime. Then they'll send you the application. And then in Hennepin County, we have interviews. And then we accept, uh, I think we accepted, I don't remember how many, Terry said, 30, 40, 50 people. I think it was 50-some people this year. And um, and then they go through classes in January, February. And then the first year, you have to meet a certain number of hours. We have 25 in Hennepin County and another 12 hours of education. Then after that, you're a master gardener. 
I'm sorry, they have 50 hours of volunteer 50. work the first year um, for Hennepin County. I don't know what the other counties do. They could be a little different. If you uh, want to ask Teresa any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, by all means, six, uh, you could call it in or text it in, mm-hmm. 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. You know, last week we were talking about um, snow cover. And yes. Before that, with the lack of the lack of snow cover, but we mm-hmm. certainly got hit with a we bunch. We got a bunch. Of mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And, and and that's a good thing, though, right? Snow cover is good. It's kind of like putting a blanket on something and keeping it that temperature. So you want the ground to freeze, but you don't want it to freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw. You want it to freeze and stay frozen, and you don't want the frost to go super deep. So you want it to freeze and get that blanket over it and just let it stay there all winter long, and then thaw out in the spring. Have you heard uh, from either friends or colleagues about uh, any particular damage like the rabbits have done to uh, the I, bark of trees? I haven't heard yet. I, um, I, I think the rabbits, I, I know I have a pet bunny out in the backyard. It's not really a pet. It's just a bunny out in the backyard. <laughs> that hangs out there. That hangs out there, yes. and, and yeah. Uh, so, but I haven't heard it, but you will start to see the damage and it will become really apparent as the snow goes down, as the, as the, the uh, height of the snow goes down. You'll see that damage is uncovered. What do, you, what do you guys recommend uh, prior to winter of, of getting Fences. those trees? Fences. Fences, yep, yep. And like I hardware could, cloth? Or, um, like you that? could do hardware cloth. Chicken wire works good for bunnies. Um, I could plug my book here, Humane Critter Control. Yeah, tell us. About, <laughs> we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just finished a book, and it's out now, and it's called Humane Critter Control. So it's just ideas that you can incorporate um, into how you garden and then also how you can maybe work with and prevent some of the critters in your area from doing so much damage. Mm. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, not not having to kill them or shoot them or anything like that or poison them. It's other ways that you can deal with it. One of the things that we get uh, heard often, the questions, either by phone or by text, are Japanese beetles. Mm-hmm. Is this is this going to be a, just a problem forever? Or, yeah, or it, it is. It is. It's just, you know, and they've had Japanese beetles out east for decades, and they still have trees and shrubs and everything else. Eventually, the population does reach a balance, and we get some of those those problems, that then the things that start eating Japanese beetles. So I always suggest to people, um, if you know the Japanese beetles are going to be in your area, then be scouting really early in your yard. As soon as you see the first... Um, advanced wave come in, get those guys into some soapy water right away. As they munch and eat, the the plants emit a fragrance that says, hey, something's eating me, and that warns the other plants around them, but it also attracts more Japanese beetles. So you want to cut down on the party right away. So you want to hit that first one. Um, And then you also want to um, try bringing in a lot of birds in your area. I have a lot of sparrows in my yard. I swear I have a flock that lives there. And they must take care of the beetles. I know they're seed eaters, but I don't have many beetles, knock on wood. Mm. And I have all the plants that would attract them, grapevines, roses, apple trees, things that Japanese beetles really love, um, things like that. So. And, and over the years, we can certainly tell by our listeners uh, that uh, that you guys have talked about the need to help increase the bee population. Yes, yes. And how can we do that with what we grow? You know, it's not only the bees, it's all those pollinators. That's true. So, so it's, you know, the bees are wonderful. It's just like we were protecting the monarchs. But if you can get that that um, eco- ecological environment going, you can create um, habitat for a lot of different things and have a lot of different pollinators. So plant a diversity of, of, prod, of 
um, plants. Um, try not to use uh, chemicals in your yard. You don't need to use a lot of fertilizers in your yard because most of your plants don't need a lot of fertilizing mm. if you have a good, healthy soil. So try to build up your soils. And just, just try to keep it all just so you're not getting out there and throwing stuff in there. Um, you know, have some water sources for the animals, whether they're birds or bees. Um, you know, some sponges for the butterflies, some rocks for critters to warm up on in the, in the morning when it's cold, uh, some wind protection. Uh, and and just, just try to have... You have flowering plants, have the early plants, the middle plants, and the late plants. So the so the pollinators get used to coming to your yard. So they know they can go to Teresa's yard, and there's usually something blooming. And and <laughs> so idea. it just keeps them coming. So when I need them to pollinate the bees or, or the beans, they come at, they're there. They're already in the neighborhood. But if you only need them to pollinate your beans and you have nothing else for them, how will they know the beans are there? Because they're not used to going to your place to hang out. So you want to have it all um, on, you know, a 24-7 buffet at your house That's all the idea. time for them. Yeah, keep it so coming. Keep the party going yeah, on at yeah. your house, yeah. You mm-hmm. know what else uh, yards can use? Buy the yard patio furniture. I had to oh, throw that in. Yes. Because they're a proud yes. sponsor of this show. Well, we you appreciate know, and, that. and that's something that some gardeners forget, a lot of gardeners forget. Spend time in your garden. Yeah. You make a garden beautiful. You have a wonderful spot to live in. Get out there and enjoy it. Take five minutes and just sit down and enjoy it. Great Stop therapy. Stop the weeding. Yeah. Stop the deadheading. Stop the digging. Just And if you can't do it for five minutes, just do it for five seconds. Work up to 10 seconds. You can do it. I, I know it's hard. But if you have to, even just sit there with your eyes closed so you don't see the weeding that needs to be done or something. And just breathe in the air and the sounds and just enjoy your, your patio furniture. I think you are speaking from experience. I am. All right. Hang on, Teresa. We're getting a ton of text Excellent. messages about what you started talking about, winter sewing. So oh, let's back wonderful. up when we come back we and we'll explain that. how that works. I will works explain and, how that do it. And I'll uh, read a couple of those text messages to get you going Super. Here. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Smart Garden Show. Brought to us by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is in the studio with me and uh, answering your questions by phone and by text. By the way, there is a line open if you want to use that medium. And that's 651-989-9226. Or send a text. And we've got a bunch of those, Teresa. 81807 for your text messages. We're getting a whole slew of them about how you started talking about... uh, Winter sowing. Let me just kind of read a couple okay. of these. Uh, please talk about how to seed in milk jugs. Uh, what do you plant for winter sowing? Can you explain more about winter sowing and uh, things like that? Super. Um, yep, winter sowing is um, planting things outside in January, and then they'll come up when they're ready, and then you can um, they'll be hardened off, and then you can put them in your garden. Would you cut uh, milk jugs? Yep. In half so you'll or? take a milk jug. You can take even like the chicken rotisserie chicken containers, anything that'll hold soil. Um, you take a milk jug, you cut it in half so the lid lifts off. Mm-hmm. I usually leave part of it attached so it oh, just okay. flips up like a oh, like sure. thing. And then you want to put in about one and a half to two inches of of potting soil. Get it really mucky. Like mud, soaking wet mud. And then put your seeds in. Um, You want to plant things like you're not going to plant beans, but you can plant things like um, kale and lettuces and broccoli and kohlrabi and all that kind of stuff. You can plant your um, pansies, your 
whatever, cosmos, marigolds, all those kind of things, um, herbs like dill and things like that you can plant. Um, and then you, you plant the seeds in there. Um, you make sure they're good, that they're soil seed contact. Put in a label of what it was because you're not going to remember. That's a good idea. Then with your favorite duct tape, so you can coordinate this to your, your decorations outside, your house color, your leopard print, whatever you want. So you, you, so you duct tape up the, di- the, um, the, du- the, uh, the container again. Okay. Take off the lid. Walk outside with a knife. Poke a bunch of holes in the bottom so that the, it can now drain. Uh-huh. And you set it on the north or east side of your house or you set it on the picnic table or you set it under a, a shrub. You don't want to set it where it's going to get the hot west and the hot south sun. So you need a little shade. And then you just wait. And, um, and and water will get in. Snow will get in. Eventually, the seeds will sprout. And then you just watch them. Do they need water? You give them a little water. Are they getting kind of tall? You can flip it open if it's a hot day. You can close it up if it's a cold day. Um, but then they're ready to go. All right. Again, how much soil do you put in these containers? Like one and a half to two inches of That's soil. It. Yep. You probably don't want to plant root crops like uh, carrots and things like that. If you're just going to grow beets for beet greens, you can plant beets. But you can plant just about any of those garden seeds that you want to plant. Even tomatoes you can put out there um, in March and plant those in March. You can do this now in January, February. Wow. Um, many tomatoes and peppers you can do in March. I find that they, they come up really slow, so they're really small for a really long time. So I don't do tomatoes. But the other things are fantastic, your mustards and your kales and all your I don't think we've ever talked about this before. It's, it's, you know, it's fantastic. So it's called Winter Sowing, S-O-W-I-N-G, or you can go to org on the Internet, and they have really good ideas. Um, you know, there's things that you're not going to put in there. So you're not going to put, like, tulip bulbs or gladiola bulbs. Okay. And you're not going to put um, probably things like uh, that are really, really tender, so they won't work out there. This is also really good if you're planting your perennials, your... Um, your, your prairie perennials from seed because they need to go through winter stratification. So if you're planting your, your, um, for your monarchs and things like that, those prairie native seeds have to go through winter stratification and they will get this. So it's okay oh. if they freeze. You want them to freeze. I think I'm going to try this. It's amazing and it's really cool, especially because I can do it out in the front yard. So then you have all these milk jugs out in the front yard. And it just makes your neighbors go, there she is again doing weird <laughs> stuff. You know, but it's so cool because you just take off the lids when you're ready to go and you have all the things ready. And if you have a whole bunch of seeds in there, you plant one kind of seed per container. Um, you can usually get um, milk jugs from your um, uh, local coffee shops. Oh, They'll save them for you. Oh, how neat. Yeah. Or you can use any container. You can use a yogurt container. You can use a cottage cheese container. You can use like the, you know, the, the salad containers. If you use those containers, make sure you punch a lot of holes in the top so that the snow can melt into it and make sure it has drainage. Somebody just sent a text just now. Does she poke holes in the top half of the container for water? Not in your milk jugs because it has the milk jug hole. But and and then it's not going to evaporate out because it has a little. You've hole. cut around not totally, so it's kind of hinged. Yeah, but you're like going to close that up with um, duct tape, and again coordinate your duct tape with your favorite color. <laughs> so you have and color. label it and label it, and then write on the outside too what it is. Some people even write on the bottom of the container what it is, um, because then the sun doesn't fade out. Because it's really frustrating if you have like 50 containers and you don't remember don't. what you planted. <laughs> That'd be my problem. <laughs> All right, tell you what, let's uh, grab a call from Connie in okay, Connie. Uh, Minneapolis. Good morning, Connie. Hi, Connie. Good morning. Say, I have uh, some uh, pavement roses on my boulevard. Mm-hmm. I planted them four or five years ago, and they're really pretty. 
but I have two problems with them. One is they've gotten kind of leggy, even though I've trimmed them back, but I haven't been very consistent about that. Mm-hmm. The other problem is I need to know what's the best way to control that. You know, they they burrow under the soil and come up in other places, and, and they're kind of all over the place right now. Is okay. there a way that I can attack that in the spring that will help them be... More control. More control. Okay, so they're really happy out there, which is nice. Um, What you want to do then is make sure you're not doing a lot of extra fertilizer because you don't want them too leggy. This compost is a really good thing. They probably don't need a lot of fertilizer, especially if they're getting full sun. Are they getting full sun? Yes. Okay, okay. So they do need full sun, um, a good soil. So what you want to do then is cut them way back in the spring once they start coming out of dormancy. And that will give you a more compact bush. And where you don't want them to go, you can sink in some um, like edge protectors, um, like the, the, the plastic thing that, that you put around, um, what is it called? Uh, edging, the, the, edging, the plastic sure. edging. Um, oh. Otherwise, just, just cut down right um, where you don't want them to go. So just take your, your shovel and just cut down. That will cut the roots of those oh. plants. And you may need to do that a few times so that the plants then don't keep popping up a, across the way where they're not supposed to be. When you say cut them way down, are you saying like a foot from the ground? Yep, that works. You know, okay. uh, because because they're out on the bull anyway. So I would I yeah. would give them a good hard prune back. Um, you know, uh, and and make sure you're cutting down to a bud that's facing outward if you can, and um, and that so that they keep um, being a nice open. Uh, they'll be compact, but they'll be more open. You don't want all the all the um, the the branches to go facing in. You want them to be facing out. Very good. Good hey, luck. Thanks, Connie. Uh, Teresa, we have to take a break. Master Gardener okay. Teresa Rooney in studio. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you want to call in your question, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or send a text, 81807. We'll pick up on uh, the text of messages when we come back, too. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this uh, portion of our Smart Garden Show, brought to us by our friends at By the Yard down near Jordan, Minnesota, make the best patio furniture in the whole world. Good folks, and we appreciate the sponsorship for this show. We appreciate Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, and all the help she brings to our table here. I appreciate the opportunity. It's fun, isn't it? It is. I love it. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. If you want to call and ask Teresa your question, that's great. 651-989-9226. Or like a lot of folks, uh, texting 81807. As you and I were talking off mm-hmm. the air, a lot of folks love the text they method. They like to text, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so do that. And Eight yes, one. you can probably plant all kinds of seeds when you're winter sowing. Yes. All kinds of seeds. All kinds. Yes, we'll leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> all right, 81807 if you want to send a text. Let's see. Uh, do, do, do I want to put beautiful treated wood window boxes on my second floor windows of my Tudor house and paint them brown? Where do you recommend I buy quality window boxes? And what should I plant in them that's easy to maintain? The house faces west-northwest. Wow. Um, you know, I I would probably start maybe first at your local garden center and see if they have some good suggestions. Uh, for planting, you want, um, you know, make them big if you possibly can, so that they can hold a nice amount of soil. And remember, when that soil gets wet, it's going to be really heavy. So you want to make sure they're well anchored. Um, You also want to make sure that they're not touching your house because you want to kind of keep the drainage away from your house. So when they do start to drain, because you're going to have to put drainage in in the hole, you're going to have to have drainage holes. You don't want that drainage to drip back into the house and wreck your house. 
Um, the plants are any plants that you would plant down below, uh, the same kind of a plant that you would plant on your first story. So they have to have the right amount of sun and shade. Um, hardy plants would be good. You could even, some people put perennials in their window boxes, and then you just move those perennials into the garden in the fall. So you kind of like give them a nice space to live in for the summer. You enjoy them, and then you can put them into your garden in the fall. So then you're kind of building up next year's garden. So those are some options. Mm. Or if you have if you have a lot of perennials that maybe you need to divide, maybe you're not in the west facing, but if it was a north or, or east facing, you could do hostas. Your hostas need divide, division. Divide them up, put them in your window boxes, and then plant them over in the fall. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point mm-hmm. about uh, the dirt being so heavy to, to make it's sure. It's going to get heavy, and you don't, and again, make sure it's away from the house so it's not touching the house. Yeah. Um, you know, you you don't want you don't want and if you want maybe hang a few chains from the drip hole so that the water goes straight down those little chains that can be pretty unobtrusive from the height. All right. Yeah. Very good. You don't have to do the chains all the way to the ground, just a little bit so the water starts dripping away. I know in and some of uh Teresa our good neighbor tours to like Austria and Switzerland mm-hmm. that there were folks that I mean, you see these window boxes just, beautiful. just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So so also you might want to check out some of the balconies that you see on the apartment buildings oh, and yeah. the condos. Because, you know, and if you really see a box or a style that you like, maybe try to get a hold of that person, send them a letter or whatever. And where did they get it? Um, and, and remember, they're usually probably going to have liners inside that will help your treated lumber stay um, better longer, too. Good, good idea. Texter says this. By the way, the text number is 81807. Uh, can I have my arborvitae trees topped by one-third? One is about nine feet tall and blocks my sidewalk to the house. Well, you can. I You're mean, not in favor of that. Well, there's there's no pruning police, so yeah. you can do whatever <laughs> you want. Um, it's not going to be very aesthetic, and it's not the best thing for the tr- for the tree. Um, sounds like it was just planted in the wrong spot at the wrong time. You know, you're going to be fighting with it all the time. So if if the height is going to be an issue, you may want to just give it up and, and take it out and put something else that's more appropriate in that area rather than having to fight with it all the time. Somebody was asking me last week here at the station uh, about uh, the uh, Arboretum. And mm-hmm. I know you guys, you and Julie and Mary, mm-hmm. have talked about master gardeners. Uh, you can see some, uh, they, 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 they work, not work necessarily, mm-hmm. but they volunteer some time at the Arboretum to answer questions? Yep. We, what is the story We, we staff a table out there. We staff a, a booth out there. Yep. So you can go, can also call the Arboretum. Is it during the week? Yeah, during the week. I think it's mostly on the weekends. Weekend. I, yeah, I think it's mostly on sense. the weekends. There may be some, some shifts during the week. I'm honestly not sure about that. Um, but yeah, so if you're out at the Arboretum, just go over to the big, uh, the big, um, the Great Hall, and it's over in that area. I believe that's where that table. That Speaking of be. the U of M, we haven't mentioned the website <gasps> yet. We haven't. Oh, sorry about that. Let's it's do that. Extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab and prepare to be amazed. Yes, it's a great resource. <laughs> it's a great resource, and you know, and if you're really bored, and maybe next week, you know, you don't really want to watch the Super Bowl because you know there's a team that isn't in there. Um, just just go to the website instead, and just put on some music and drink some cocoa, and yeah. just peruse the website. And, but it it and is really a great them. website, and it mm-hmm. gets millions of hits. It does get a lot of hits. Yeah, yeah. and they work. They have worked so hard at that website and trying to keep it up to date. So this is really good information for people out there. It's research base you know and so so it has research behind it yeah it's good information it's for our area that's right well let's put you back to work Excellent. here judy in st louis park is on the horn judy uh, you're on with Teresa. hi judy hi um like over a year ago 
my daughter lives in Kansas and bought some apples and was cutting them in the half, and some of the seeds were sprouting inside. And she was so excited, and I said, well, plant them. So she planted them, and one lived, and it's now about six inches high. Mm-hmm. And she lives in Kansas, and I went to Kansas. It looks like an elm tree. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how is this really an apple tree? And I'll never know if it's an apple tree or not. I don't. I really don't know. She's got it in a nice pot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if she planted the seed and she ha- kept it in the house and, and it sprouted and she knows that's what she planted, it, it is an apple. Um, it, it, it may not taste like the apples that she, that she was eating because um, you don't know what the parentage is of it. And so seeds don't, they aren't going to be true because they're not a hybrid. So it's not going to be true to, um, I'm sorry, it is a hybrid. It's not going to be true to the apple that it came from. So so you, if you're planting it for that reason. But um, if it was planted outside, it's always possible that the apple seedling died and an elm did sprout in there. Mm-hmm. But if it was in the house and you know that that's what you planted, then it's an apple. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, you can do that. You just, they're not going to be true. So if you love your whatever, gala apples, and you try to plant a seed, you're not going to get a gala apple tree. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Judy leaves that line open at 651-989-9226 or send a text. We've got a bunch of those, Teresa. Uh, that number is 81807. Uh, when, texter says, should I cut back my tropical hibiscus? How much should I cut back and when should I start fertilizing? Uh, we'll start with the easy question. Fertilize when it's blooming. So if it's actively growing and blooming, go ahead and fertilize it now. You can trim it back whenever you want. Usually I say trim it back before you bring it in the house because it's a little less to bring into the house. Um, But if you need to trim it back, you go ahead and trim it back now. Just remember when you bring it outside in the spring, you have to get used to being outside adjusted again. If you're just joining us, uh, Teresa was telling us uh, earlier about winter sowing, and we had such a reaction from our uh, listeners Wondering, how do you do this? How do you do that? Someone sent a text and said, thank you. I have done this for many years. Incredible results. It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. And there is a, there's a master gardener. Um, her last name is Rydell or Rindell, whom I learned this from 112 years ago at the, um, one of the Minneapolis conventions at the Home and Garden Show. So, so I thank her for that information. That's where my eyes were opened. And we always, as I said, as you know, Teresa, mm-hmm. we have great listeners. We do have great listeners. Uh, here's a suggestion from one of them on the text screen uh, for the plastic container to keep the writing from fading. Use a black marker to write. I cover, Texter said, whatever I write with clear plastic tape. That's a good option, too. Yeah. Wonderful. And and you can take your markers that you write on um, in your garden or for this, write what it is, but put the writing inside under the soil. Um, then when you need to know what that plant is, just lift it up, and it will have been protected from the sunshine. So you'll have mm. these markers sticking up the wrong way, but the writing's underground. Well, that's so that's an option, too. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Gardeners are, we're so creative. That's good. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention. It certainly right? is, yes. Uh, Texture says this, my flower garden soil tends to be hard. It's probably clay-based. What mm-hmm. soil amender would be good to use? Compost. And then some compost, and then some compost. Mm. So if you have really sandy soil, compost. If you have really clay soil, compost. If you have really nice soil, compost. You you know just add compost to your soil. That will help break up that clay. And if you do have a heavy soil, make sure you're not working that soil when it's wet. 
So I know people always want to get out in the spring and work their yards and work their soils. Wait till that soil dries out. Otherwise, you will compact it and you really destroy the soil structure. You know, listeners want to know more about your book and title, where to get it, and what it's about. Oh, okay. It's called The Complete Guide to Humane Critter Control. I don't think it's complete because I didn't get to put armadillos in there. But that's okay. Um, they wouldn't put armadillos in there. It was for this area. There. It's yeah. really for the whole thing, but it, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not 100% sure all the places you can get it, but I know you can get it on Amazon. Okay. Um, I will be doing some talks here and there on it. And it's just basically about um, thinking about your garden and your yard holistically. And it's a whole environment and trying to make that environment um, beautiful for you. And in the meantime, you're going to be having to live with critters, squirrels, rabbits, deer. So what can you do to prevent them marauding and destroying everything? Or what if you do see damage, where did that damage come from? Is it a Japanese beetle? Is it spider mites? Um, what can you do to get your plants healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, just common sense kind of approaches and nothing's really earth shaking. It's not like brand new information. It's just kind of pulling a whole bunch of information together and just giving you some really easy Easy, down to earth, common sense, common sense, yeah. humorous kind of things that you can do. Um, you know, and sometimes it means you know if you live in an area with a really heavy deer population mm-hmm. and you want hostas and you have a huge backyard, maybe that's not where you're going to put your hostas, and you have to learn to love ep- epimediums instead or something. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it just you know I planted my yard and I turned it into a national wildlife habitat. So it's a certified habitat. And then I was getting really frustrated because the raccoons were coming in and eating the apples and the squirrels. And then one day it hit me. Um, you made it a habitat? Yeah. So Hello. <laughs> um, you know, so then it's like, then you have to shift your perception. It's like, if I make this a really healthy habitat, everybody's going to want to live here. We all have to learn to get along. And we want diversity. So, so it's just putting all that into your yard. And the title of it again? Humane, it's a complete guide to Humane Critter Control by Teresa Rooney. Teresa Rooney. Teresa Rooney is yep. your... And you can find it on Amazon. You can and, find and it on places. Amazon, yeah. All right. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take a break. Okay. We'll have more show Sounds to come. Good. So folks on the line and uh, texters as well, uh, hang on. We're going to get some questions answered. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney and uh, texters and callers, Teresa. So okay. let's see if we can help everybody help out them. before you take your leave today. Back to the phones we go. Nona is calling from Brooklyn Center. Nona, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Nona. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a bunch of well-established in-pots geraniums that I'd like to move from one house to another house, mm-hmm. good or bad. And if good, how can I do it without damaging them? Okay. Um, so what I would do is move on a, on a warmer day if possible, oh. <laughs> not in a blizzard. That's not that much fun. However, um, if you, you, what you may want to do is wrap each one. Um, if it's a chilly, if it's below 50 degrees, which it's probably going to be, um, yeah. put each one in a big plastic bag, put a bunch of air in that bag. So when you seal the top, it's like a big poofy bag. Um, and then just put them into the car, bring them out, uh, you know, to your new house as soon as possible. Give them the same kind of light that you're doing. So a lot of light, they should be just fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's really easy. You just want to protect them from the outside cold. And if it's a really bitter day, if it's like 20 below, then double bag. And, and just, you know, and you can reuse the same bag over and over again if you're making multiple trips with your plants. So just, you know, so you don't have to buy 100 yeah. bags for all the geraniums. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Very good. 
there's a line open at 651-989-9226. Milt is calling from Plymouth with a question. Good morning, Milt. Good morning, Milt. Uh, good morning, Teresa. And, uh, um, I have a Christmas cactus, and I've been following the instructions diligently, and they, it started to bloom around Thanksgiving, which is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it stopped blooming, I was instructed, hey, don't water this anymore and let it rest now until about March. Oh, no, you want to keep watering it. Oh, you want to keep yeah, watering it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to water as much because it is a succulent or cactus, so it's mm-hmm. not going to need. But, yeah, you want to just keep watering like regular. Just, just I'm keep it regular. Because I'm noticing that it's blooming more and it's drooping more. <laughs> okay, so it's, it, probably, it may need a little water. You don't want to overwater because it, it can get root rot really easily. But you do want to keep watering. Um, just normal water is just fine. The water's not going to impact it um, unless you overwater it. So that, that won't impact. It's, it's a difference between daylight and heat that, that triggers the cactus to bloom. So, so that's why certain ones bloom at certain times because their genetics just have them bloom at those times. It, it is a, is, should I be turning it? You know when uh, you, it's you can to... you can um, and give it a quarter turn, especially if it's near a window, so it doesn't all grow toward the window. So give it a quarter turn once a week, and then it'll keep it'll keep just staying more more even. All right, very good, Mel. Good luck. Thanks for the call. Mm-hmm. Texter says this, will snow plowed up on our mugo pine, or mugo as some people say, mm-hmm. do damage to them? Yep. Probably. It, it will. Probably. It'll, well, you know, it depends upon how hard they did it. So it's like pushing it over. Or if it's just on top of it, that's not the best thing in the world. Um, so, so I would try to find another place to put the snow or move the pine. It's just, you know, you don't want to be covering your trees with your, your pine trees with snow. Yeah. It's just not that good because it's not snow. It's compacted, crusty, yucky stuff. We got a text from a listener, Teresa, that said, and I'm glad and thank you for that, that your book is also available at the U of M bookstore. Hey, way cool. That's great. <laughs> that's cool. Thank you for letting me All know right, that. Excellent. I that's don't get a... out much except to my garden, so <laughs> well, I don't know that's, this That's stuff, good to you know. know. That, it is, that good, is to know. good to know. Thank you for uh, for that. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, let's see. Um, I have a rosemary tree texter says, how do I care for it? I received it at Christmas, mm-hmm. and it appears to be root-bound. Can I repot it? You can. You can. Just go one pot size up, and this is just a regular rosemary plant that's been trimmed up into a tree shape, and they're very nice. You want to treat it just like a regular rosemary um, plant that you brought in from the outside. Make sure it stays watered. You don't want to over or underwater it. Watch out for spider mites. They tend to get spider mites a lot. Um, and and ju- then just when you start bringing it out in the summertime, make sure you get it back used to being back outside again in the spring. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Bev, I believe, is uh, waiting there in Minneapolis with a question. Go ahead, Bev. You're on CCO. Hi, Bev. Yeah, well, I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you about planting pepper seeds from those little ones they sell in the grocery store mm-hmm. now that are so good, the mm-hmm. red and orange and gold ones. Mm-hmm. I uh, saved some seed three years ago and kept the colors separate, and I planted them, and they came up and grew like crazy, and they produced so much peppers, I couldn't believe it. Oh, that's wonderful. One plant had 37 little green peppers on it, and oh, then they wonderful. turned color. Oh, beautiful. But I found out that because they're commercial, they're a different breed, and you get this one splash of lots of peppers, and, and they're commercial places they just plow them under and have mm-hmm. a new batch going but yep. they yep. do keep 
producing all season, but only a few, you know, fewer. Okay, so it's kind of like a, a determinate tomato. It produces all at one time, so it can be yeah, harvested. And it's, it's spread it, that way, yeah. And the winter planting, I, I, I guess I do fall planting. I leave uh, most of my uh, annuals, I shake seed around, mm-hmm. and they come up. And I've got one spot where I have a red and a yellow uh, cherry tomatoes, and they reseed themselves, and they're there now every year. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> yep, because you will find, you know, your tomatoes can reseed, your squashes oh, yes. can reseed, and things like that. So you will find that things can reseed for you, and that's a great way to do it. It just is not giving you as much control, but it's a super way to do it. That's how Mother Nature would do it. Thank you, Bev. Thanks, Bev. Appreciate it. Uh, we kind of started the show talking about winter sowing, we winter seeding. Mm-hmm. And a texter says uh, about winter seeding, um, then plant at the end of May into the garden? Is that their question? When, when would right. you when You would, would you plant them when you normally would plant transplants out into the garden. So if it's tomato plants, then you want to make sure your soil is really warm. So that's might not till be till June. If it's kale and your soil is thawed out in April, you can put those out in April. It's just when you would normally plant those plants out in the garden, that's when you can plant them out in the garden. Very good. Yep. Well, Teresa, thank you very thank much. Thank you. I think Julie will be joining us next week. Good luck on parking, Julie. Yes, that's right. In the meantime, <laughs> let's get that U of M website. It's extension.umn.edu, and have a wonderful week. Yes, and don't forget, if you are not going to be checking out that big game sometime, mm-hmm. get to the Arboretum. Get to the Arboretum. It's beautiful, even just you know um, snowshoeing or cross-country yeah. over the three-mile drive or whatever they've got going on out there. Excellent. There's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, Teresa. Good to see you, Dan. Thanks very Thank much. You. Thanks for the great information. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.